0: Welcome to another episode of the Dads on the Fly podcast, a podcast all about inspiring and encouraging dads and anglers as we wade through fishing, parenting, and faith on the fly.
1: Hey guys, welcome to episode 44 of the Dads on the Fly podcast. I am Joshua with my brother Caleb, as always. How are you doing, Caleb?
0: I'm great, man. We are getting geared up, ready for a little vacay this coming week, uh, leaving out on Father's Day, and that's going to be a lot of fun, so really excited about a lot of time with the family, but that means a busy week, getting prepared for that. Vacations are fun, man, but it's a lot of prep sometimes when you got the whole crew
1: a little bit of prep with everybody, but I cannot be more excited. Uh, first of all, if you're listening to this, happy Father's Day, a day late to all the dads out there who listen to our pod. Thank you for checking us out. If you're new to the pod, we appreciate that. Hope you had a happy Father's Day yesterday. But, Caleb, we got a, a cool guy tonight that we're going to talk to.
0: Yeah, man, I'm I'm super excited about this conversation that we got to have this week with Mr. Steve Haig of the Destination Angler podcast like so joshua you introduced me to steve this guy was super cool and i just love all he had to say and i have loved this podcast uh i'm not a huge destination guy like you are you're always checking out the next destinations but this podcast has been extremely insightful and really helpful as well and i was really glad we got to have him on the podcast
1: he gives a lot of cool tips in his episodes i like to refer to him as the destination angler that's his uh podcast and very well done podcast that he produces awesome guest and just a high quality listen Uh, but tonight he sits down and talks with us about some of his fishing adventures about being a dad himself how he got the podcast started and just his fly fishing adventure so guys stick around for the end mr steve gives a great um just a testimony really at the end of the episode about how uh how blessed he's been in his life with uh his children and his fishing adventures
0: yeah it is a fantastic episode and i cannot wait for everyone to hear this conversation so we're going to dive into that but before we do joshua let's tell everybody a little bit about one of our sponsors for today's episode
1: so today's episode is sponsored by pigeon river outfitters right here in wonderful western north carolina our little town of canton where you can come and check them out and they will put you in a tube or a boat or a kayak, or a sup, or man, they have it all down there, and you can just float these beautiful waters with them.
0: Yeah, Pigeon River Outfitters, you can find them at PigeonRiverOutfittersNC.com Go see Charles and the team down there, they will hook you up for a great day with your family, just floating and enjoying a lot of time on the water I've got to tell you, I've done it before with my kids it is a blast, they had a great time and so if you're a dad, what better way to spend some time together than floating down the river, it is a great time, so check them out, Pigeon River NC. .com. And the last thing we're going to talk about before we jump into tonight's episode, folks,
1: you got to check out our Instagram this week. the The Big Dads on the Fly giveaway is going to happen. This week, we're on vacation, but we're going to drop this giveaway. Get excited. We have some awesome people who have given us some awesome stuff to give away. So check that out. Like and follow the page.
0: Yeah, if I'm honest, I'm kind of bummed that I can't win it.
1: Yeah, it's a pretty sweet giveaway. there has <laughs> got a lot of cool there stuff. There are some things in there that I kind of want, but yeah. uh, it's going to be a sweet giveaway. We're not going to talk about it on here. You're going to have to check it out. Find it on Instagram this week. It'll be there.
0: Yeah, so make sure to check us out on all our socials, Instagram, Facebook, and check out the website, www.dadsonthefly.com. And without further ado, let's dive into today's conversation with Mr. Steve Hang of Destination Anger Podcast.
1: Okay, Steve, we really appreciate you taking the time to be with Caleb and I tonight. We uh, first wanted to start just right off the bat, man. Where did, and maybe when, did you catch the fly fishing bug or your fly fishing history? I know you talk a lot, and we're going to talk about your show later on how you um, became maybe the Destination Angler podcast, but where did you start your fishing career?
2: Oh man, yeah, first of all, thanks for letting me be on the show. It's a real real honor and a pleasure. You guys are doing a great job and uh, excited to be here. Um, So yeah, my, uh, when did I catch the bug? Well, um, I guess it started as with just a fishing bug back on what's known as the 10 Mile Creek in Toledo, Ohio, which in back in the 1960s, the 10 Mile Creek was as polluted as you can imagine. We're talking raw sewage, you know, they just dumped it all right in the creek. And we used to go down there and catch carp. And we'd sit on the sewer line. It's pumping all the stuff out of there. And, the, you know, the carp would eat our chopped up uh, hot dogs. And But you know what? If you're like a seven-year-old kid catching a five-pound carp, that's exciting, right? And so, right? Go
1: ahead. I, I can only imagine how much fun that is for a seven-year-old kid uh, to catch a carp Exactly. Like that
2: yeah yeah it was I can remember hauling these big carpet off this this bridge, and that, that bridges to my mom still lives in Toledo, so I'm up in Toledo quite often, and I go over that bridge and big man that's where it all started but anyway, um my dad, as far as fly fishing goes, my dad started taking me to this um this trout club that he joined when I was like in eighth grade, and it was it's over near Sandusky, Ohio. you think Tommy Boy, remember that movie he was from Sandusky <laughs> okay <laughs> so uh Anyway, it's called Rockwell Springs Trout Club. And the thing has been around since oh, over 100 years. It started like in 1898 or something. And um, a friend of mine uh, you know, was going there with his dad and my dad caught the bug. And so I started learning to catch trout and fly fish at this, at this trout club. And at the same time, one of my dad's good friends was really into this stuff. And my dad called him up and said, hey, can you come over and, and give my son and his friend, a fly tying lesson. So in eighth grade, a guy named Clint Mock drove all the way over from the other side of town with his fly tying box. And we sat down and we tied willy worms all night long. And man, I was like, this is great. And then the next day went to Rockwell and caught fish on these willy worms that he tied. And I still have some of those willy worms. I tied so many, it's the only thing I could tie when I first started <laughs> tying flies. So That's incredible,
0: uh, that's awesome. What a great story of getting, getting started. So, and then yeah. now it's, uh, so you continue doing that all through, uh, adolescence and into adulthood. Oh yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, you know, it's like my grandfather used to take my dad up to Michigan, mostly the Osabo river and fish. And then my dad, my dad took me up there the first time when I was six years old. I'll never forget the first trout I ever saw anyone catch. It was, uh, from a Osabo canoe, which is these special canoes they have up there. And I never forget it. I remember the trout coming up and it was a brook trout and, and looking at this little eight inch brook trout is the most beautiful thing I'd ever seen. And I was just absolutely captivated by this fish. And so I really started cutting my teeth, uh, as an adult on the Yosabu. That's kind of my home water.
1: Uh, how far, and how far is that from you where you are now? Are you still local to that, that river? I don't know.
2: Yeah. I live in Indianapolis, so it's, it's a good six hours, you know, to, you know, to Rusty Gates, uh, you know, gates o Lodge. I don't know, Rusty's not around anymore, but, uh, there's a guy named Josh that runs that place. So it's about six hours up there and it's well worth the trip, especially for the uh, hex hatch. If you like fishing at night. Oh,
0: that's <laughs> awesome. That's really cool. So you, uh. You grew up fishing, continue to fish all through uh, adulthood, I'm assuming. But Now you said you're there in uh, Indianapolis. So yeah. how often, I guess, do you say you get to, to trout fish? I mean, I, I don't know anything about fishing uh, around Indiana. Is there yeah, any okay. trout fishing
2: there? <laughs> Not a whole lot. <laughs> We're a little sparse on uh, in trout fishing, but we got a lot of other fishing. So we have great largemouth fish, and I was out last night, bought one of those uh I was fishing kayaks this spring and took that out in one of the lakes in my neighborhood and just killed it. Just had a great fish. Uh, but every blue line in Indiana has got smallmouth bass. Okay. And I'll put a smallmouth, a 20 inch smallmouth up against a 20 inch trout all day long. They're great fish. Uh, they fight like heck. They jump. You know, they're just really fun to catch. And so, you know, you can just get a map and just go out and find, uh, you know, as long as those creeks haven't gone dry in the summer uh they'll have they'll have smallmouth in them. So we have uh the White River that runs through Indianapolis uh and then a really great stream is uh, Sugar Creek and I can get to one of my favorite spots in 35 minutes. So I uh, I fish up there quite a bit.
0: <laughs> that is awesome. So yeah, yeah, we're just starting to get on the smallmouth bite around here, especially uh, this summer. That's something we're kind of just starting to get into and yeah, I mean, we still love chasing trout, but that is definitely becoming a new Addiction and learning to tie yeah. flies for those guys, which is a totally different ball game. Totally than tying different trout flies, so completely, it's completely. Go tie different. your
2: first deceiver. I mean, it's like I got to buy jointed, you know, hooks yeah. and everything else. You know, yeah. and I,
0: f- I feel like every time I go to finally start tying one, I realize there's something I still haven't bought yet that I need.
2: Right, so, <laughs> so. or maybe that fly is just easier to buy them. You know, I think yeah. I can tie them for like four fifty, and I can buy them for five bucks. So, yep,
0: <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> So um, I'm assuming, and and we want to just get your input on this, you know, you've got an awesome podcast, the Destination Angler podcast. You're interviewing some amazing guests from around, uh, originally it was just North America, but now I I think it's expanded to the globe. I mean, you just had a great podcast with the guy from New Zealand on there. Yeah. That was super special for me because that is on my bucket list to make it. It is now, right? It's on mine too. It was on mine already. (laughs) And then listening to that just confirmed it even more. So, yeah. why did you start the destination angler podcast? I mean, is it just because living where you yeah. live, you had to travel a lot to to fly fish or or where did this whole idea come about?
2: that's a great question um so i I'm a planner right I'm the guy that plans all the trips in my group you know that's so me, i am that's my, why I love uh,
1: your podcast Steve. we have all <laughs> it's like a kindred spirit every time I've listened to you I'm like. Me and Steve we're like the a planner. <laughs> yeah,
2: that's us. Are you the planner? Joshua, I, you're the planner. I'm huh? the
1: complete planner as far as from like where we're getting breakfast to where we're fishing right. to everything.
2: Exactly. Every yeah, every every group needs one.
0: It's uh it's that's I'll say it's a blessing and a curse because I just don't give any input to where we're going because he decides it and so sometimes Cut I'm like down. but I didn't know if I wanted to go there or not. But in some ways yeah, it's you're such going. a blessing because it's like, I don't have to worry about anything. I just get in the car <laughs> and
2: make sure I got my gear and go. So it's pretty good. <laughs> well, you know, it's I uh, I don't know. I guess I, I enjoy it. Right. So, and a couple of times my friends planned trips and I was like, yeah, this wasn't that great. So, you know, I kind of was like, I think I can do a better job. I don't know. But uh, no, Hey, Will, if you're listening, man, I love you brother. Uh, but, uh, I fished with Please. the same guys. Please you know. send it
0: to him. Please send it to
2: him. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> and, uh, anyway, so I, you know, I've always planned trips and I, and I've been taking my uh, guys from my church fishing and we have like 18 guys one year fishing. So that's that you're talking planning, right? That's a very different trip than like four or five of you going somewhere for a long weekend. And, uh. So COVID came along in 2020 and our business just shut down. And my boss, I was like, you know, what are we supposed to do? You know, like people don't want to hear from us. I'm in sales. And uh, my boss said, look, I'm going to go find something to do. I don't know how long it's going to be, but why don't you find something else to do for a while? You know, let's check in, you know, once a week. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to go start a podcast. It's something I've been thinking about for a long time. And I started this podcast and lo and behold, the destination angler, you know, dot com website, you know, URL was available, you know, go figure. And, uh, and nobody was really doing this like pure destination podcasting, right? They, you know, they mix it in, but I'm just about destination. So, you know, it's right up my alley. And so I thought, man, if I can get 500 downloads, I'll be really happy. You know, it'd just be something fun to do. And if I get to 5,000, I'll be ecstatic. Well, the thing just took off, blew through those numbers, you know, after like two or three shows. And, um, you know, now we show. I just uh, recorded show number 67 this week. that will publish in a couple of weeks here. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's so um, refreshing to hear you say a couple of things you said. Number one, you just kind of had an idea of no one else was doing a type of podcast you were doing. And when Caleb and I tossed around our idea, we we looked out there at different podcasts. We said, you know, nobody's really talking about being dads with their kids yeah. and getting them outside. And that's kind of, I mean, our podcast has episodes where we do talk to, you know, a lot of different people sometimes that are not dads, but at this, the core of what we do is still about, you know, being present with our kids and and being family men and, and men of faith. And so that's cool to hear you say that that works so well for you because you, ha- you had a, like a thing that was yours um, do you felt a, a calling kind of like an expertise on, which is cool. Totally. And we kind of did the same thing with ours and, uh, it's been, man, I've, no, we're not experts by far, but to listen to your pod, it's, it's, it's such a high quality podcast and it's so well done. And, Thank and you, you have gotten some really awesome episodes that I, man, can, I still go back and think about like, Hey, I want to fish with these guys that Steve All had right, on. Don't you? Yeah, I do. And so that kind of brought me to my next question. Do you have a couple of your episodes that really stick out as, you know these these are like ones that man, I haven't even gotten to do this yet, but I want to. Or are these people are like so cool? I can think of a couple myself personally of your, sure, but I was wondering what yeah. you thought about yours. Really, I'm curious. Care- well, okay, what what episodes did you like? So I think the guy's name was might have been Chad, right? The small mouth guy in, yeah. in Indiana, right? Chad Miller here in Indiana. Yep yeah that was a super cool one and, and yeah, then there was, was an episode of, about this uh this family that had a a ranch out in i think it was montana
2: nelson spring creek that's yeah. it
1: nelson spring creek those two i think you did two on that one correct
2: yeah i did and yeah i love those, those guys really resonated with me, man. those
1: were those were cool
2: thank you now I, I i have you know I started this, you know, two and a half years ago. So I had to go back. I got to go back and think about it. I, my my favorite episodes are almost always the ones I just released, you know. For sure. They're fresh in my mind. But I mean, my favorite episode are the two I did with Joe Humphreys. You know, so uh, I think most people are, know who Joe Humphreys is. But if you don't, there's a movie called Live the Stream. Joe ran the Penn State credited fishing program for like 19 years. And uh, he's a super, probably, if not the most famous living angler in the U.S., uh you know one of the most famous living anglers and he was the most gracious guy i've ever been around he made me feel like a king he said oh i am so honored to be on your show and before i push the record button you know i I always interview my guests like half an hour an hour you know a couple weeks ahead of time just to figure out what they're all about what they're excited about what they want to talk about and just to get to know them a little bit develop a rapport kind of like we did right yes sir and um so I, I spent an hour on the phone with Joe, and just it just had a great conversation. And then um, before I pushed the record button, the day we recorded, he says, "Steve, I just want to take, I just want to tell you one thing." And I'm like, "Oh man, I, I screwed up. You know, I've <laughs> not even started to record. I've already done something wrong here. You know, I'm like, oh my gosh, I made Joe Humphrey's mad, but he wasn't mad at all. He just wanted to. He wanted to comment on my. I'm an artist too on the side." you want he'd been to my website The guy doesn't even know how to use the internet but his daughter pulled it up showed it to him and he doesn't have an iphone or anything he's got like a, he's got a dial phone at home and uh and he went on and on about my artwork and was so gracious about that you know and i ended up talking to joe for an hour and 45 minutes split it into two shows and he just told funny story after funny story i mean the guy is a national treasure so joe humphrey's number one and then ah. I don't know if you listened to the episode I just did recently on Yellowstone with the story of the mules that, are, that are, will come shoulder to shoulder and they will chase grizzly bears out of their meadow. And they do that naturally. I mean, the stories that this 30-year veteran right of the high country in Yellowstone was telling just blew me away. And then the other one that was kind of recent is on the Two-Hearted River. Michigan's Upper Peninsula is undiscovered. It's absolutely undiscovered. And it is a mecca. I mean, they have more types of fishing, like they have phenomenal steelhead and salmon fishing. They have brook trout fishing. They have coaster brown trout coming in. They have brook trout fishing and brown trout fishing. And it's the only guy who told me that you better carry a chainsaw when you're fishing the Two-Hearted River. (laughs) And I'm like, chainsaw, no, that's a new one, right? Because he's like, especially that first time down, You're going to be standing there in your waders in the middle of March, sawing up a log jam. So your client can continue to fish down the river. And I thought, okay. And there's no paths next to these rivers, right? That's undiscovered. Right. And it's, for me, it'd be 11, 12 hours to get, well, 11 hours to get up there probably. So there's a couple for you. That's incredible.
0: Those are awesome. I wanted to ask you, uh, because what we've experienced with doing our podcast, we, we, Similar to you, when we got started, we were just going to be happy. I mean, we joke all the time. We'd be happy if it was just our moms and our wives and maybe a couple yeah. of
2: people. Thanks, Mom. Sure yeah, exactly. And she still does <laughs>
0: listen. So thanks, Mom. But, uh, <laughs> you know, one of the things we found and that the podcast has really opened up for us, and I want to know if this is similar for you, just the, the fly fishing community is just mm-hmm. really special. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know what it is about it but i'd love to hear you speak to that just what makes huh. the fly fishing community so special the fact that you have been able to interview some of these amazing guests amazing yeah. people that you know you've just reached I, i'm assuming you just reach out to them i mean i do want to ask you that how do you, yeah. you find these guys where right. are you just using connections um and so i would love to hear you speak to that just the fly fishing yeah. community
2: man I, it's, it's trying to think where to start you know You start with a guy who's who's trying to understand why you catch fish and let them go. You know, like, (laughs) yeah, it's called catch and release. Okay, why would you do that? Well, you would deplete the resource like in a year and a half if you didn't do that, right? It's gotten very popular. But, yeah, you know, I always say everybody who's on a trout stream pretty much is in a good mood, you know. And, And if you walk into a fly shop at 730 in the morning to get some info, buy some flies, you know, catch your guide and out for the day. There's that vibe, right? There's that, that feeling you get, that excitement, the anticipation of the day, you know? And I don't know. It, I just feel like it attracts a certain type of a person who's interested in, you know, I think fly fishing is like a higher form, right? Nothing wrong with spin fishing. I still spin fish, mostly fly fish. But, um, you know, but fly fishing, I think it just tracks uh, a, a kind of person that wants to um, you know, challenge themselves do a little better and uh, and then you mix in, you know, the scenery, if you're trout fishing, you're in a beautiful place, you know, so you just mix all that together. And like you said, uh, Caleb, you get, you get a special blend uh, of experiences of people, uh, the whole thing. I mean, I can't tell you how many friends I've made because of fly fishing, right? And it's just expanding. I also say, I don't know how you guys feel about this. Podcasting is a lonely business, right? it's not like we're we're in front of an audience of 2000 right now you know i mean eventually they're listening i don't see any of them you know so no, you know when i, I get these i just want to uh, interrupt you
1: there i can tell you on our podcast you're you're not in the audience it's of 2000 people <laughs> no, but uh, we but appreciate you being the number on with
2: us. <laughs> yeah, you know but whatever that number is i mean you don't see anybody you know so like when i get i get an email or i get a dm from somebody on instagram hey man good job it means a lot doesn't it? You
1: guys, it, it means yeah. so much. We get it. You know, we'll do an episode, and we may not like love the episode. Right? This may not be one yeah. of our favorites. Or we 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 always listen to our own episodes. We go back and listen to them, and then we get oh, like today. Yeah. We got a d. I got a DM today from a guy who had not reached out. Loved what loved your most recent episode, which we didn't think we did a shorter episode for this week. We didn't think much of it. And it was yeah, just somebody yeah. different, and we got a father. Man, one of the best DMs we ever got was this guy in uh, Colorado, who's uh, his his wife was going through some uh, some stuff with her pregnancy, and mm-hmm. and they delivered like the week after that. And he had listened to some of our earlier episodes about fatherhood and just how much that meant to him. And that meant the world to oh, us. We okay. didn't care if anybody ever really listened after that. You know, it's like that just meant the world to us. So we totally understand what you're saying. And, yeah, uh, and I want to take this opportunity. I don't want to forget to. To say thanks to you, I've actually had multiple phone conversations with you just because of how much <laughs> I respected your podcast and how well you oh, do. Man. And just yeah. you know, you've gave me some advice. You have said, "Hey, try this, do this." You know, just to kind of even mentor me and Caleb in the podcasting industry. And so, I would be you
2: know, well, you guys. If I didn't
1: mention that for sure, so I, I do want to thank you oh, for that.
2: You're too kind. You guys are well on your way. I, we're peers. Folks, we're we're not. I mean, it's, I think we're learning, from, we're learning from each other here. You know, you guys are if show forty five or something now. That's pretty darn good. I think
1: I think your your episode will be forty. I can't remember. It's like forty. You, you might be 40 44, 45. Yeah, something okay. like that. So yeah. and, you know, we do do an episode a week. But I wanted to come back to one thing, and this is just the planner, extraordinaire trip man asking this question. Right? <laughs> okay, because. My personality and my uh you know, for adventure, my personality that longs for adventure. Yeah. I would be very difficult to do what you do to hear from all these people and not like how many of these places
2: do you get to go, man? Yeah. <laughs> how many these, how many of these places you do you what? get to go finish? As many as I can. There right? you go, I love it. I mean as many as I can. I unfortunately like you guys pointed out i live in indiana there's not a lot of trout fishing here and what i really love to do is trout fishing so it's it's kind of like an ordeal to go trout. i was just in wisconsin two weeks ago fishing the driftless again phenomenal fishery you know yeah, uh, and uh but uh i don't know i fished a lot of them but not all of them like yeah, i'm going to slough creek this summer and henry's fork in five weeks so if you guys are out there hope you see up at you know, the 4.9-mile campsite on Sioux Creek. Stop by, say hi. We'll be up there by July 15th. But, uh, yeah, and Yellowstone just had a bunch of roads washed out today, so I don't know what we're doing. But uh, I do get out and fish. I've been out west a lot, and I've traveled, I don't know, I used to fish in California a lot when I had that kind of in my sales territory, I'd fish like the upper sack and areas around Lake Tahoe and whatnot. So I've been very fortunate to fish a lot of these places, but most of it is I'm living vicariously, as they say. I'm living through these guys on interviewing.
0: <laughs> I feel the same way every time I listen to your podcast. I'm just like, man, I, I'm just going to live vicariously through these guests for a few minutes. Right? I mean, the, yeah. the New Zealand podcast you did recently—that that's my bucket list. I mean, I have completely. I have a weird, you know, I, I'm kind of a nerd and a geek in a lot of ways. Uh, I, I want to go spend about a month in New Zealand. I want to go see all the Lord of the Rings stuff that was filmed down there. Right. And then I want to yeah. fly fish all the rivers.
2: <laughs> Completely. You <laughs> know, that, and that guy's like, there's more fishing than he's, he's only fish. What do you say? Like a quarter of a third of it. I know I mean, that's, that's how much And
0: that's nuts. Just how much water's down there. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Yeah, so where do you see, the, where do you see the podcast going as you continue? I know you're two years
2: in. What's your, oh, man. what's your plans for the future? I'm sure you've got a lot of great ah. guests lined up. Um, well, yeah. I mean, so I, I'm always about two to three shows ahead of myself. I don't know about you guys, but uh, you're constantly, you're trying to get that next show. So just before I talked to you, I was talking to some uh, Native Americans who fish, um, the Deschutes river. I thought it was the Deschutes, but they correct me. It's the Deschutes river. I had no idea. Sorry, you folks, Morgan, never been there. Uh, but anyway, uh yeah just always chasing down uh you know like the next show so we just did a show in the madison we've got a show in the yakima river coming up um got a show on the upper delaware i just did and then you know long term i mean i'm gonna keep doing this this is this is my passion project you know it's it's definitely not going to be what i retire on there's no money in podcasting for any of you guys who are thinking about getting into it for that reason unless you're Joe Rogan. and uh, you know, I just keep doing it uh for as long as it feels fresh and interesting and as long as I get good feedback on t- from people.
1: Yeah, we feel the same way. We thought at one point, Caleb and I, I can remember us having this conversation where we've covered these topics. What are we gonna do? And it seems to be that we keep finding like a either a cool new guest or yeah. a cool new experience on the water that we can talk about together for right. an episode and we we come up with this content just to kind of keep our show rolling. And we feel the same way. It's one of those things where we're passionate about it. We talk about this all the time. And you may have heard this on a couple of our episodes that it's been great for us as far as a brother connection. So mm-hmm. it connects us. We spend way more time talking about things. And and a lot of that turns into other stuff besides just fishing. And then we get to meet cool people like yourself along the way, which has been the biggest blessing for us in the people we've met. Huge
2: blessing. Um, yeah. Yeah.
1: Like you talked about um, Mr. Humphreys, C- Caleb and I had the privilege to do an episode with uh with Mr. David Coggins, and that's it's a night, <laughs> it's okay. an episode, and a recording we'll never we'll never forget. Just yeah, he right? was just so gracious, and like I can remember him, you know, po- posting on his social media. Got to go on one of my favorite podcasts, and it was just like,
2: did he? How you know, about that? Like,
1: really, for us, that was just like crazy. Wow, um, you're thinking so, who me?
2: that's what i'm thinking you know when people say i'm like are you talking about me here yeah exactly
1: that was was really cool but um but we're gonna we're gonna take a quick break and then we're gonna come back and talk about you know a little bit of your fishing with your kids and you know you already spoke about fishing with your sons we're gonna talk about that but before we do that i just want to make sure we remind everybody uh the destination angler guys it's Every I guess every podcast platform out there. I listen to it on uh, Apple Podcast, but the Destination Angler Podcast is where you can find Steve. He also has a website. Uh plug that again. It's just the destinationangler.com. Yeah, it's uh
2: yeah, if you if you Google destination angle, you'll find it.
1: Yeah, and it is just some really awesome stuff, folks. You could just I mean, from New Zealand to uh, I think I went all the way back to, I think your, was your first episode, the one right here in like Eastern Tennessee. Wasn't that it? It was. Know, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I did. I mean, that I've went all the way back to that. I'll tell you, I've listened to every episode you ever put out. So like, you can you really? catch, Oh my God. Yeah, I really have. You can catch it all folks. You can catch from East Tennessee <laughs> to New Zealand and, and beyond about where to go fish. So if you're on vacation yeah. somewhere, you need to check out Steve's podcast and, and go find an adventure. But we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back.
0: Today's episode is brought to you by Anadromous Fly Company. Anadromous Fly Company, your sharpest decision in fly tying tools and scissors. You can check them out at aflyco.com. Joshua, tell them a little bit more about Anadromous Fly.
1: I can just tell you that those scissors are amazing. They have other tools to choose from, uh, whip finish tools and other just bobbins, all kinds of things you need to tie flies. Herb does a great job getting stuff to you quick. If you find something you like on aflyco.com, Check out Dads20 as your coupon code, 20% off your order. Caleb, I'm so happy with all of my tools that I'm currently using them on vacation. We're time we're flies on vacation. So that is the update from Joshua's... It's, Adventures it's, Behind the Vice yes, man. It's, going, the it's vice. going on vacation That's the adventure this week
0: <laughs> I love it Yeah so make sure to check them out aflyco.com They got a brand new website Updated with a lot of great stuff Anadromous Fly Company Your sharpest decision in fly tying tools We thank Herb and his team there For their support of today's podcast And we are back with Mr. Steve Haig of the Destination Angler Podcast. Steve, this has been such a great conversation already. Uh, just hearing a little bit more about your story, getting into fly fishing, hearing about your podcast that you've created and this this amazing fly fishing community that we've all come to know and love. And we want to get a little bit more into your story. And uh, we know uh, your dad, you've got, uh, is it three kids? Is that right?
2: Yeah, I got three kids. Yeah, three kids. They're adults.
0: Yeah. Awesome. And so what has that been like for you? How has fly fishing and fatherhood maybe connected for you?
2: Yeah, that's, uh, love that question. So, um, you know, just fishing's just kind of part of what we do here. You know, if, if you're, uh, I, you know, for sure, Peter, my son and I, we're, we're all about it. You know, and he, he's been pretty busy. He's just got through, uh, the cardiology fellowship. So he's now officially out there, you know, being, yeah. So he's been kind of busy for the last 10 years, you know, but we've still been able to sneak away and do a couple trips to Yellowstone. He's coming out there with me in five weeks here. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we've had some of our greatest adventures, uh, fly fishing. I mean, we, I took him to Yellowstone in 2002, not too long after those fires, which were like in the eighties or something. And, uh, oh my goodness, was that an adventure? I mean, we, uh, we, we bumped into a Buffalo at 10 PM at night. Uh, we, uh, we we had bears walking through our camps. I mean, we've had, uh, threw all our food away <laughs> in, a, in a bear container. I thought it was the trash bag. <laughs> oh, no, that, not that white bag. You know, and it was the wrong white bag into the bear. And you can't get it out once you throw your food away, you know. So we ended up going from a backpacking trip to a, a car camping trip for that reason. Um, we've just had some great adventures uh you know i found we were fishing Slough creek when he, he was just 12 years old in the park and uh Slough creek's full of buffaloes right but it's you know occasionally they'll get a bear wandering through there and elk and whatnot and uh peter was fishing in about an hour he kind of wandered off and was just kind of done 12 years old right and i'm thinking oh my goodness where's peter you know i need to go find him and i trouched you know kind of ran around looking for him and there he was building a sandcastle uh in the banks of Slough Creek next to an half-eaten elk carcass. (laughs) So I'm like, Peter, come on over here. Let's move away from that thing. That's, you know, something's gonna be returning to that, no doubt, pretty soon here. You know, a bunch of ribs sticking out of it. I mean, it was kind of nasty. So I we just continue to have adventures. We've been through the the Beartooth range in Montana twice, you know, the beaten path they call it. There's some great fishing up that way that we found. uh, and so, you know, he just had, I've got two grandkids. I just had another grandkid. I mentioned to him, oh, you know, I'm heading out to Montana, you know, Idaho and uh, Yellowstone again, I'm kind of kidding. Do you want to come? And he's like instantly, yeah, I want to come. And I'm like, well, it's going to be a tough sell with a new wife who's, you know, got a brand new baby. But he pulled it off and we're heading out there. So, uh, you know, my daughter's fish. I, I had my, uh, my youngest daughter out on the, uh, on the Snake River in 2019 doing a little fishing. I mean, a very little fishing, uh, the bugs got her pretty quickly. So that ended, but, uh, you know, they're into it. Right. So, uh, we're, you know, I'd say the girls aren't super outdoorsy. My middle kid, she's pretty outdoorsy, but, uh, Peter and I are into the adventure thing. So it's been been a great way for us to bond and get to know each other.
1: Yeah. Just speak a little more to that. I think, first of all, I think it's awesome that, you know, your son, and I'm sure it means a lot to you such a successful career and yet he still wants to go hang out with dad right and just be out in the that? woods i mean to me yeah. that that's something i'm i hope that when i'm my kids are that age they still want to come hang out with me we do the same thing with our dad we love to get our dad out on the water and really and we love uh, okay. to be out with him and so that's we still have some really fond memories we talked about on this podcast before being with our dad yeah. in the wilderness the woods or the cabins or wherever but uh just how much does that mean to you man and just being with your yeah. how important that is for people who listen to our show that You know, we try to just say, be present with your kids and be with your family. And at your stage, at his stage in his life where he is with such a success, still wants to be with that man and fish.
2: Yeah, it's, it's, I tell you, it all goes by so fast. I mean, it's hard. I can still, you know, I'm going to sound really old right now, but I can, you know, remember I'm looking at his little two-year-old and thinking, I remember when you were two years old, you know, but I miss that. Right. I miss the chaos, the pandemonium of, you know, bikes in the driveway and, sitting on your chair and having a barbecue pokey poke you in the rear end, you know, and you know, all of that stuff. I mean, I missed that. And you know, my wife and I are having a great time living in this house, but uh, it goes fast, you know? So, you know, plan your summers, you know, get out there with your kids, with your family. There's nobody I'd rather go on a trip with than my son, right? When it comes to these, these fly fishing adventures, he's my favorite fishing partner. And uh, it's because it's family. You know, there's not what what means more than family? Maybe your faith, but you know, your family is so important. So you gotta nurture it. You gotta work at it, you know, you gotta plan, work at it.
0: That's fantastic. So question for you. You've traveled around with your family, taking them some taking your son to some great places to fish. What advice would you give to the dads listening to this podcast? As uh, far as how to travel with a child to go fly fishing, oh, man. what do you, what do you do? taking uh, your kids fishing.
2: Give us the tips. Yeah. You, you have a backup plan. <laughs> right. I mean, uh, you know, like I was telling me, telling you before Peter and I went out to Yellowstone with his, his best friend and, and the dad, who's one of my good friends as well. And, uh, you know, when he wandered off at that time, he'd been fishing for an hour and, and the fishing was lights out but he was just done after an hour, you know? And so I I took my grandson fishing a couple weeks ago, he's two and he was, you know, one fish, 10 minutes done, you know? So just be patient and just know that your kids have a limit. It's not, they don't like fishing. It's not that they don't like you, it's their kids. And you're gonna need to plan some other things during the day. So I used to take my son quail hunting too. And we were just like, okay, we're gonna hunt as long as uh, they're interested, and as long as they're not all worn, we don't wear them out and make them hate it, you know. So you know, the first couple of times we'd go down Quail Hunting, it's two hour drive, Southern Indiana, and, and we'd hunt for maybe two hours and turn around and come home. You know, and as he got older, we could hunt for half a day, and he got a little older, we could hunt for a full day, you know. But it took a while just because they're kids. But just
1: we talk about this all the time. I think what you're saying is you were intentional to make sure that. That time got spent. And you yeah. know, we're sitting here saying, wow, how could he, if the fishing was lights out after an hour, how could you go, <laughs> you know, build sandcastles or whatever? Yeah. But like us three sitting here, that's crazy, right? We keep fishing. But that's a story you now have. And, yeah. and that's a moment that you have with your son that they'll never forget. And me and Caleb talk about that all the time. Yeah. Being with the ones that are closest to us and being intentional, like you just said, plan your summers you know, make yeah. those time for trips. And I think if your son was here and he's probably told us before, those things probably mean more to him than, than you realize like, he can go back and remember that. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, maybe those things mean more.
2: Yeah. I mean, the other thing I did is I, I, I never played soccer on any on any teams, but I coached in all of his soccer teams, you know, and, and my daughters too. And uh, partly because nobody else would do it, you know, <laughs> but also because I just wanted to hang out with the kids and especially when they're in high school, you know, they're talking about their weekends and their friends and what they're doing. And just, you're standing there just like you're one of them. They kind of forget your dad. So I knew a lot about what was going on in high school, you know, more than most dads. So it's
1: good. Yeah. My dad did uh, too.
2: Daddy, you know, I t- yes. the other thing is a lot of, you know, dads, uh, we're not perfect. Right. So, you know, I think part of the reason Peter wandered off is because we're all tired. You know, and I remember he's like yelling at me to get the net because he had a big one on. And I kind of walked over there and he lost the fish. You know, he lost his first fish and it's because I just kind of took my time, you know, and I, I kind of was thinking he doesn't have a giant, I don't know what he's got, but it's not some gigantic fish. And it was, you know, and so that might, he might've gotten frustrated and wandered off. That's probably why he wandered off, you know? So, you know, but you dads, you're not perfect, you know? So you got to also learn to forgive yourself. You're not going to handle every moment perfectly.
1: For sure, we want to ask the destination angler we're gonna give you that awesome title <laughs> your advice to um to folks who travel uh and to do some of these these fishing trips, you know Caleb and I are we try to do a trip or two a year now, and uh just yeah. what is your advice? you know all of us can't spend weeks, some of us can it depends on our schedules, right, but w- what do you say is? The best plan for those who are just looking to get out to maybe try something new or maybe try something you're familiar with, but you're just doing it again.
2: Okay. Well, if I were, to, you know, if you're thinking about going to some place you've not been to before, I mean, today you can do as as much research as you want online, right? And uh, but there's no substitute to picking up the phone and, and calling people to get that local knowledge. So I'll call, you know, I'll call the fly shops in the area. Um, and just, you know, just, I, I don't want to abuse the privilege, you know, cause I know they're busy. I always ask them if they've got time, you know, if they're swamped, I mean, you can, there's certain times a day where they're not as busy and pick those times a day. You can have great conversations, you know, that's the business they're in. They, they want to be friendly. They want you to come to the shop and buy flies and check in with them. And they're usually more than happy to spend time with you on the phone. So, um, I would do that, do the research, talk to people, um, I would buy your flies locally. Go ahead. You can say something.
1: No, I got a question about that real quick. You said that uh, you call these fly shops because I'm usually the guy who's doing that on our end. And so <laughs> I want to, to just ask you I have had, because we, we just got a raft back in December. So we've been leaning on a lot of fly shops on knowledge for floating rivers because yeah. our waiting game is pretty, we kind of have kind of an idea where we're going and stuff. Do, Do you, you ever? Here's what I do, and I was wondering if you were kind of the same. Can you tell maybe three or four minutes in the conversation where these guys are going to be willing to help you out and be a cool shop? Or some of them are just like, because I, cause I like had an one experience day. the other day where a guy was just like, Well, good luck. <laughs> I was like, Well, I won't be oh, calling really? you back, you know what I mean? But then yeah. I got some other shops that are just like super awesome. So yeah. I was if you had the same kind of experience
0: that you're, yeah, well, check I don't
2: out. know sometimes i find most people in fly shops are super helpful and if they're not they're kind of in the wrong business you know they might want to get that guy off the phone you know for sure if if you're calling people in the middle of winter they're not busy it's the middle of winter you know and you're lucky to have somebody pick up the phone and if you do they usually spend a lot of time with you so that's usually when i'm doing most of my research you know but uh but the other thing is give them business you know like when you get out there make sure you stop by you know if, if you talk to three fly shops you know pick at least one and go buy your flies from them now i i will tie up you know simple patterns like pheasant tails and woolly buggers and whatever else are easy for me to tie here but you know i find that the nuances of the local tie is is a, is a good reason not only just to support the fly shops, but just because you want that fly that's producing you know a little better than the thing that you're going to tie off, off your online patterns here in indiana So I would buy flies locally. I get a guide on the first day, if you can afford it. I mean, I'll just be frank with guy and say, look, we would love to fish with you. Got, you know, there's four of us, we need two boats. Can you put something together? And, and, you know, how do you feel about us, you know, kind of getting dialed in? Like, could you help us get dialed in? And they almost always say yes. Like they know you're coming out there to get dialed in that first day. And most of them don't have a problem with that at all. And I find if you tell a guide at the landing, look, I. I want to learn. That's what I want to do today. I love to catch some fish, but I want to learn, you know, help me get better. You know, tell me about this fishery. Tell me about, you know, the history. Tell me about the people. They love that. So, and it's going to sound like a total plug, but honestly, this trot routes app thing, I know they're an advertiser on my show, but that app is awesome. We use that in the driftless. And we're like, one day we're like, okay, we're not going to go back to the same spots. There's 200 trout streams in the driftless. Let's go find another one. And we started exploring and we found some incredible water and it was probably a top five fishing experience. And you know when we found that thing? We found that on trout routes. It, it, you know exactly where to go, right? It's a, it's a great app if you're exploring trout streams.
1: Literally, man, I talked to Zach this afternoon.
2: Did you? Um, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So we owner. were talk,
1: talking about it. We had been wanting to connect and he called me today and we were literally talking about that app today and how we've used it for North Carolina. And he was talking about it was a challenge for him for North Carolina because we have so many blue line trout streams and just these little creeks that run this way and little tributaries yeah. and stuff, and how well he has done. And we talked about that. So um, no, I think it's great. We plug him. I go check it out, guys. Yeah. Trout routes. Um, it's a great app. And it's hoping to have him on a future episode of the plot. Actually, he's gonna kind of talk about how he did kind of came up with that whole idea and how important it is. So it's awesome that you were able to use it in the driftless, not just, you know, plugging on your show, but Hey, this actually works. And we're doing the same thing right before we got on the show with you tonight, we were actually, we're going on vacation next week. We were actually looking (laughs) on a new stream. We were trying to find here in North Carolina. We were on trout routes right before we got on the phone with you. So um, that's awesome for sure. Check it out, plan your trips. I think all those things are great. And, you know, we, I think what you just said was cool about Wisconsin hate. The driftless. We fished this before. Let's find a new stream. Let's find a new area. Let's find
2: yeah. It's fun. Who knows what
1: that's going to happen? It's all about the adventure, right? Like what could happen it, in this stream? Exactly.
2: I mean we we had a we we had one stream the day before. It was a bust. You know, it was kind of muddy and a little on the warm side. We we're like okay, got trout rods out again and and found another one and and had a great fish. You know, and because uh, if you keep going back to the same places, it's it's kind of where everybody's going. I want to get a, my goal in life when I'm fly fishing is to get away from the crowds. You know, so I love going to. Alpine lakes. I love backpacking in. I like the, the backcountry, the wilderness, as far away from people as I can. And people are probably wondering, why are you covering rivers like the Madison River? I know, you know, the Madison River is a great river too. You know, it's, it's a little crowded, but they still are catching tons of fish on the Madison River. You know, it, and I floated the Madison twice in my life, right? And once in 94, and once, I don't know, 10 years ago. Uh, but I, man, I love that backcountry stuff and exploring is so rewarding i
0: think yeah i i agree joshua leans into that a lot more than i do i sometimes guilty of being like hey we know there's fish in these places let's go (laughs) and uh he's more of the like but we've been there let's go find somewhere else and it usually does end up to to a new adventure and and something more exciting so i'm glad that he's always encouraging me to do that so you've traveled and fished in a lot of great places a lot of great destinations do you have a favorite do you have a place that has been your favorite place to travel and your favorite place uh, to fish?
2: You know, a lot of times my favorite place to, to travel and fish is the one I can get to. That's, that's the best place I can get to within a day. That's where I want to be. Right. So I can get to the driftless in seven hours. So right now that's my favorite place. I like the driftless. I, I like parts of Michigan too, you know, but I've done Michigan. So, uh, and the driftless is just totally different. It's all the small stream stuff. You can walk in on any of these streams pretty much. I mean, it's, you gotta, you know, their stream access laws are, are great in the Driftless. So yeah, um, The Driftless
1: yeah. seems to be, we've heard, we got a buddy who lives in Missouri that's fished it a couple of times and I've talked to you about it. It seems to be similar to maybe our small creek fishing here, but maybe not as, I don't know. It's not as in the mountains, I don't think, is it? It's more. Yeah,
2: well, it's, it's hilly. I mean, there, it's, it's uh, like 1600 foot hills is the highest you've got there. So every valley has a stream but it, none of it's stocked. I mean, it's all wild fish, right? I know a lot of States, they do that delayed harvest stuff yeah, and this is all wild. So you're not going to catch like 15, 18 inch brown trout all day long. You're going to catch eight to 12 inch brown trout all day long, that's but like a 12 wheat. inch brownie it's, and they fight hard. Sorry. That's what
1: we do in the like great Smoky mountains national park. And, and our blue lines are very similar to that. So yeah, I think that's somewhere we're going to have to put on our list. Um, Steve, we just thank you so much for being on. We don't want to close this episode without giving you a chance. Um, You had spoke to me on the phone about just speaking about how important your faith is to everything you've done um, through your life, from parenting your kids to a successful career and now a successful podcast and fishing. Um, So we wanted to give you a chance to speak about that.
2: All right. So thanks for doing that. Yeah, faith is super important to me. I mean, it's kind of the center of of what I'm all about. And I don't know if you guys ever saw a movie called The Chariots of Fire. Okay. Absolutely. Have you? Okay. Isn't it? Well, there's a scene in that movie where the, the girl's going, why do you run? And he says, because I feel God's pleasure. Right. And that's what this is all about. Like when I paint, sometimes I feel it's like electric through my arm into that brush onto the canvas. When I'm fly fishing, sometimes I feel that pleasure. Uh, and podcasting is the same way. Like I feel squarely in God's will. By doing the things that i'm doing you know the podcast i hope is bringing a lot of joy to a lot of people new experiences for people so i you know i'm all you know i think god wants us to find what makes us come alive right you know christ was here uh you know to save us from our sins but i think why we live on this earth you know if we can do what makes us come alive we're going to be in a position to give back to others give back to our family give back to the fly fishing community uh, get involved in whatever kind of charity or volunteer thing you're into it might be coaching soccer it might be having dinner with homeless people downtown whatever it is that you're doing uh what makes you come alive is to me what you should be doing so i just keep finding i keep you know asking god is this what you want me to do you know and the answer so far has been yes keep at it you know i think i'll get a tap on the shoulder here when i'm uh, when i'm uh when he wants me to veer off in another direction. But this one taught me totally by surprise, right? Like I said, I had no expectation of this thing being successful at all. And here we are, I'm hitting here talking to you guys. I'm on another podcast. Now, how did that happen, right? I Listen, mean, it's we're, a God we're, thing.
0: The, we're the ones that, that are blessed hanging out and talking to you Duh, and, uh, not at all, but you know, you said that and, and I couldn't agree more. I love that movie by the way. And I love yeah. that quote when he says that when I run, I yeah. feel God's pleasure. And nope. I know that's so true for me. I mean, when I fish, I mean, yeah. that, that, that's, you know, that is time alone with God. That is time alone with my thoughts. It's time to slow down and actually think about everything that's right. going on in the craziness of the world as I'm sitting there right. in some of the most beautiful places that I get the opportunity to be in. Uh and it also it reminds me what you said too of a scripture. Uh it's first 1 Corinthians ten thirty one. It says, Whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do all for the glory of God. And Amen. you know, I you think got it. I think I mean, why do I fly fish? I mean, part of it, it's, uh, it's part of glorifying God. I mean, it's a way for me to, to experience him and it's a way for me to, to feel
2: God's pleasure. So uh, I couldn't agree more with what you just said. I mean, how blessed are we, we have to go out to a trout stream and get recharged on the trout stream. Are we, we, are we lucky?
1: And we have it. And we're super lucky how close we have our water right here. And I just want to say that I had not thought about that quote from that movie in the way that, you know, we joke all the time that if you if you dm us on instagram you're really talking to me <laughs> because um <laughs> but man i that made me think about you know you feel god's ple- i feel god's pleasure meeting people and connecting with people huh. it's just just my personality
0: yeah. and
1: so to have an opportunity to talk to you some of the people we've had on this podcast even the people we haven't had on this podcast that they reach out and i mean i'll have 10 to 15 minute conversations with them on instagram and it's just how i it's how I feel alive. It, it just makes me yeah. like what you there just you said for you. Like, you know, you painting for me, just being the social person that I am, that, that means a lot to me just to, even if those people are giving me advice or I'm helping them out or they're saying they're coming to Western North Carolina fish or,
2: yeah,
1: I'm, to me, that was such a great quote. And that is a big, I think we can throw that as our dad tip of the week. I know you've gave a lot of great advice about fatherhood, but man, put your kids in positions to, to make that happen for them. You know yeah right what, son, what makes them come alive exactly exactly that's perfect like put your kids in positions that make them come alive and when you see that as a father how powerful that is um we we've, right. we've gotten to see that with our kids are still young but to uh, see starting to see my kids my oldest son's 10 and you're starting to see some of that now and that, that's really powerful. So that's we're going to go with Caleb for our, our tip of the week from Mr. Steve. Put your kids you in a position to make them feel alive, to make them come alive. And uh, Mr. Steve, we cannot thank you enough. The Destination Angler took his time wow. out of his evening to uh, spend some time with dads on the fly. Folks, go check out Love his you. pod. It is so well put together, so well done, and his guests are just awesome. The Destination Angler, check him out. Caleb, anything else to
0: add before we close this up? Just want to give folks an opportunity, Steve, what's the best place to find you? Uh, I know you've got some awesome painting and stuff out there as well. If anybody wants to check that out, is there a place for them to go see that online or anything like that?
2: Yep. Yep. Uh, So, Steve Hague Fine Art uh, is where you find me online. I'm on Instagram uh, under uh, Destination Angler Podcast. Facebook, same thing. Uh, Super active on those social media platforms. And the Destination Angler website is Sorry, And But just Google Destination Angler and you'll find me. But the podcast is everywhere you're going to find podcasts. So we're on all the, all the major outlets.
0: Well, Steve, we cannot thank you enough. And thank you so much for your time this evening.
2: Thank you. My pleasure. Great talking to you guys.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of Dads on the Fly. We hope this episode has inspired and encouraged you as a parent or an angler as we wade through the fishing and parenting life on the fly. Please follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Dads on the Fly. And shoot us a message, as we always love to hear from you. If you're interested in needing ads on the fly merchandise, you can find it there as well. Send us a message and we'd be happy to supply you with stickers or t-shirts. If you found this podcast helpful or entertaining, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Until next time, tight lines.